Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Jed Talks. My name is Jed Shepard, and I am your host. Uh, on today's podcast, I have the amazing director Alejandro Bruges. Uh, you may notice that the audio in this uh, particular episode isn't great on my end. Uh, Alejandro's is perfect, he's a professional, but on my end, my microphone was a little bit fuzzy in the last stages of uh, of breaking. Uh, I have a new mic now, so everything's cool. Uh, but I thought I would give you this intro to let you know you're in for an audio um, mess when it comes to my side. So luckily, I don't speak that much. It's mostly Alejandro. Um, and it's carefully edited, so you don't hear too much of me uh, and my uh, weird mic. My mic's a little bit distorted, much like my personality. So hopefully you can get over that and enjoy uh, the great things that Alejandro has said. Um, I'll check back in with you at the end of this episode to see how we felt about that. On to the show. Alejandro, apologies if I've messed up your, the, the pronunciation of your surname. Yeah, Briguez? Briguez? No, no, no. You, you, did, you did a good job, actually. I'm very surprised. <laughs> I was I was bracing for it. I was like, okay, here it here, 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 here comes. And I was like, oh, I know. you nailed it. Nice. When we were on Clubhouse the other day, um, doing clubhouse of horror which is my horror room and clubhouse guys tune in um i got i got um, another guy to to announce everybody uh you didn't go easy on him when, when he when he <laughs> when he announced your name he said you messed up my you completely messed up my name <laughs> i loved it it was so funny <laughs> that that's i have i mean i i don't even complain anymore because most people do it so it's fine yeah um but Andrew, you like you kind of came to prominence uh, with Juan of the Dead, but before Juan of the Dead, you did you did some other films as well. Personal Belongings was that your your debut movie? Yeah, that's uh, my first movie, which I almost uh, never talk about because well, really? it's my first movie. Yeah, <laughs> um, and also it's uh, Personal Belongings. It's not a horror movie, so it's not. Uh, it's not like the the people that are interested in what I do now would be really interested in personal belongings. Yeah, um, I'm but... interested in you, the filmmaker, because I think it's always good to find out where people came from in order to see where they're going next. And you're obviously, you, you grew up and you, you came from Cuba. Um, and personal belongings is obviously uh, something close to, uh, to you because it's about a, a woman who... Uh, is due to leave Cuba. Right? A, a, a guy that wants to leave and a girl that wants to stay. Okay, I'll tell you about personal. Okay, yeah, I'll. Talk I want to know about personal belongings. <laughs> <laughs> no, so here's what happens. Here's what yeah. happens. Uh, in, in Cuba, uh, especially back then, we don't do genre movies. Yeah, it's just like it's uh, traditionally people they just don't do it. So it's just comedies and dramas. Um, so when I got to the moment where I wanted to make my first film, I had already written three other movies for other directors, and and I had two ideas. Uh, one was uh, more like a thriller, uh, personal belongings, which was this uh, sort of like um, uh, dram dramedy, I suppose. And and I and then I was like, okay, no one does this kind of thriller here, so no, I'm not gonna get uh, this financed. I'll go with this other one, and um, and it was very independent and very cheap. Like it, it was probably like thirty grand, um, 
like uh, Myanmar produce, but also like raising that, it's hard if you're in Cuba. Yeah, so course, we had yeah. to figure it out. And, and I don't know, it was, I, you know, I don't dislike the movie. Uh, I think I made a lot of mistakes that you make when uh, you're making a first uh, movie. Like sometimes yeah. you want to be so smart and you have so many mm, subplots and all that, that you end up with a cut that it's one hour longer than it yeah. should be. And then you're like, and then you're like, oh, I need to rewrite this in editing. And what if I take this out? And I really don't need this subplot and all that. But also, especially um, at that time, like cameras were coming out, like new, better cameras were coming out each month. And it's the kind of thing where I was um, I was stuck uh, with a mini DV, uh, and if I had waited like three more months, it would have been a better camera. And and that's something that's always I always hated. Yeah. So do you know. ever re revisit the film at all? Like just watch it out of curiosity, or I never I never watch uh, my stuff. I never. If I never read my interviews or anything. I never, when I'm writing, I usually never read what I'm writing. I just like, if I finish, uh, I start writing today in this sentence, I sit down tomorrow and I continue from that sentence. I don't even read the previous sentence. I know what I wrote. It's when that's I have really to rewrite, interesting. When I have to rewrite, I just go to the places I need to touch. I yeah, almost yeah, yeah. never go over like the, like, not like, sit down to enjoy i can't enjoy yeah. my movies especially especially the early ones there's a, like I, I can say in personal belongings i'm probably really happy with two or three scenes okay. <laughs> um, uh, but it's a kind of thing that sometimes like 10 years later you'd be like oh i know where i had to put the camera in this scene Right, right, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's the kind of stuff that always haunts you. I don't need to revisit it. I, I know it. <laughs> yeah, you know it in your head. Okay, okay. Yeah. Let, let's go on to Juan of the Dead then. So, Juan of the Dead. That's the movie that kind of blew you up in the eyes of the world. That's the movie where I kind of hopped onto the Alejandro train, where I kind of was like, "Who the hell it's made this a, movie?" I, it's not a train. <laughs> it's a train. I wouldn't say it's a train. It's a train from Cuba to Hollywood. Like That's a skinny it horse dragging. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a skinny horse dragging uh, some sort of dead body in the desert. <laughs> oh, but like it, it's so good, and and like the thing is, with one of the dead though, it's it's my kind of sensibility. It's it's the kind of movies that I wish more people made because it has it has. It has that Evil Dead 2 balance of comedy and horror, which is so hard to do, but Juan of the Dead has it. And um, I remember first watching that, and I literally was like, I think I stopped the movie 20 minutes in and I was like, who is this guy? And I had to like Google you, like, who is this guy who made this? Um, and yeah, like, it's obviously what's what kind of started you on on this horror road but you were I'm, I'm guessing like most horror filmmakers you were into horror way before that you were like yeah, a big horror yeah, fan. yeah absolutely absolutely like actually you already mentioned it but like evil dead like i saw evil dead when i was eight years old and it blew my mind mm. uh, by the way don't show evil dead to eight years old 
<laughs> but like, and I, I had this uncle. He showed up home. He had a bunch of movies. He always came with movies. And I don't know. Sometimes you would get lucky, and it would be Evil Dead. Sometimes it would be Deep Throat. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Everyone needs that kind of uncle. Like, Everyone needs yeah, it's, it's like a Cuban uncle. That's a Cuban uncle. <laughs> and 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 when and. When me and my friends watch uh, Evil Dead, like that movie changed my life, mm-hmm. and 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 I started trying to watch everything uh, horror after that, and um, also I mean uh, uh, early nineties I wasn't in Cuba because my uh, parents weren't living there, they were diplomats, so I kind of like had access. I had more access to horror movies than in Cuba because Cuba like Cold War that was the other side of the iron court and so mm-hmm. it was impossible to get almost impossible to get some movies sometimes sometimes you would get lucky and find evil dead but it was like really hard but thankfully i was able to watch a lot of uh, horror movies growing up and then when i came back to cuba it was starting to open up so i i also tried to uh, keep up with the pace and watch as much horror as i could Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always been like a horror guy, but it's it's a bit what I was saying earlier. They don't do horror in Cuba. And it's the kind of thing that even though you're a fan, you never think about doing because it's it hasn't been done. Yeah. So you mm-hmm. never think about it. And what happened was um, I was with my producer. Uh, we were on the street. I was looking at people and I realized they all look like zombies. So I said to him, you know, we could make we could make a zombie movie with these people and we wouldn't even need makeup and we can call it one of the dead. And I, I just after I said that, I looked at him and, and I was like, you know what? That's gonna be the next one. And 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 it was like I sat down and I started taking notes and then I started writing. And mm-hmm. um it was well. I said something. I said something about uh, personal belongings. Um, uh, I'm like I'm not that fond of the movie, but on the other hand, I do believe the purpose of each movie you make it's getting you the next. Yeah, yeah. And and in that sense, personal belongings got me to make one because okay. it was it was doing post production and personal that I met the Spanish producer that made one of the dead so thanks personal belongings yeah exactly see <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and 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 you know making Juan. oh that's that's i don't even know if that's a podcast you know i did a podcast with him um, Ray the other day where we went over uh, one of the dead i actually had to watch the movie it was like making a commentary and that shoot was insane that was yeah? that was yeah that was crazy uh, like what? Like, I mean, like the budget was like extremely low, right? How 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 did you how oh, did no. you get the budget? Like, how... It wasn't low. It wasn't low. Oh, okay. It was like it was like it was like I mean, not low for Cuba. It was like two and a half yeah. million euros. Oh really? Oh okay. Wow. Okay, that that's not low at all. Well, yeah, it's still and, low and, in the, in the yeah, grand and... scheme of things, but yeah, okay. And then what happens with? I mean, uh, it, dude, ten, 10 years ago, ten years ago, that's like that's like ten times the budget of a Cuban movie. So yeah, yeah, I can't complain. And then, like, so while you were making it, um, did you kind of know that this is a new, this is a new, 
this is unusual for Cuba. I don't know how the Cuban people will will take this. Is that is that what was going through your mind? Like, am I going to be ostracized from Cuba, thrown out of Cuba no. because you don't think you don't think about that? So here's the thing about Juan. What I what I always tried to do was something that, on one hand, uh, was a solid horror movie that I used to be a fan of the genre. But on the other hand, it, what the important thing was to use the zombie movie to tell things about Cuba that I wouldn't be able to tell if I was making a regular movie, not a genre movie. Yeah. Um, and be very, uh, like, really get into the social and political stuff. And, and man, I mean, I look at the movie now, and I'm like, like what was I thinking? Well, it's too <laughs> big. You have, you have hundreds of zombies. You have super complex scenes. Like, so you don't have, uh, if, if you don't shoot it that day, it's not going to be in the movie. And you're in the fucking Caribbean where it rains so much. <laughs> you have yeah, so much yeah. stuff. The heat like messes up the makeup, the zombie makeup. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> and plus everything that comes with making something that hasn't been done in in a country. So we have to. We're kind of like having to figure out how to do these huge VFX um, sequences. And uh, no, you don't think about that. You just like just do it. Yeah, do it. Yeah. It's like the, the Sam Raimi way, like how he made Evil Dead. You get a group of people that you can trust, and you bring them to one place, and you and 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 you make the movie you want to make. And like I think, yeah. Well, like when I saw it, I, I could kind of tell straight away that this person. I mean, I hate to use the word or or but like you could tell this, like you knew what you were doing. You knew the genre because because the set pieces are very genre literate. Um, like you're obviously obviously a fan of the zombie genre. Did you think at any point um, that this movie would be seen across the world? Like a guy no. in in London would just would be watching it like holy. No, it was. Uh, I mean, I guess you always hope for the best, uh, but I mean, the best for me was like the movie was gonna be. Uh, were received. I have never crossed my mind that 10 years later we would still be talking. Sometimes people call me like from uh, like, can you give a class at this uh, university about one of the dead? And stuff like oh, that. Nice. And, and yeah, that's uh, that's still surprising. It was, I mean, it was very surprising um, right off the bat. Like, I mean, do you know how it is? It's always like you're always dreading that first screening and thinking are people gonna laugh at the same thing that i find funny mm -hmm. because i'm a dick <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then and then when we had our first screening that was insane that that was like it, it was like a soccer match like people were cheering wow. clapping it was insane and then we went that was in toronto and then we went to fantastic fest and and that changed my life too. That's like after that, I also tried to keep going to Fantastic Fest. But <laughs> it's one of those things that when you watch a movie with that, uh, with all those genre fans in the audience, um, after that, every time I sit down to write a scene, I try to think how it would play here. <laughs> By surprise, and and also it, I don't know. It got a lot of love. It got a lot of uh, awards. Something that you were talking the other day in the a clubhouse thing that we did it, it uh -huh. got some awards that that weren't it got some serious awards 
that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I don't know. It, yeah, it was it was a surprise. I have a so, lot of love for that movie. That's good. So that's one of your films that you can go back and watch without like hurting your body too much and like cringing. I too like seventy five percent of one. <laughs> okay, good. That's that's pretty good. That's a, that's an improvement on the yeah, last one. That's decent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then obviously uh, you did some some TV stuff. Yeah. You did uh, from Dusk Till Dawn the series. What was it like adapting something that was you knew was beloved? It was a beloved film, uh, which should have got like proper sequels, not the sequels they got. But what was it like doing a TV a TV uh, show based on a beloved film? Did you feel beholden to keep the same spirit, or was you? You had a lot of freedom in Dusk, but at the same time, since since it's uh, Robert, uh, you kind of want like to, I don't know. I was always thinking, I, I trying to come up with um, shots and stuff that would be a homage to him, like you you know mm. the kind of thing he does. So sometimes yeah, I would be yeah. like, what if instead of doing this, we do this because this is very Robert badass. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know that. I I really enjoyed doing that. Um, you would be suddenly you would be like setting up a scene. <laughs> I was I would be setting up a scene and suddenly you hear a guitar and, and Robert Rodriguez is standing right next to you with his guitar, looking at what you're doing and playing. That's exactly how I imagine being on a set with Robert Rodriguez is. You're just doing something. You could be on the toilet and then you just hear him playing the guitar next to you. Um. <laughs> oh, but you know he does that, right? Does he, do? like, he literally he literally has like you know you're on set and you realize that Robert arrived because suddenly there's uh, there's his chair in Video Village and the stand for his guitar and wow. well if he's shooting he also has a microphone but yeah. but yeah you suddenly you look and there's there's a chair a director's chair stand with a guitar that's Robert it's around. So yeah, it's it's exactly like that. <laughs> between between takes, he's just playing and all that. That's so um, cool. But you know, oh, it's I, I, I mean I love him. the thing about it's I'm listen, I'm 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 a geek, so I yeah. I had to go and take my picture taken at the TT Twister. Yeah, of course you have to. You have to. I yeah. had to. I one of the the first day the first day I got there, I went to the prop department and I was like. Um, do you have the cog gun? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, it's actually and it's actually the cog gun from the first film. It's really? it was the same prop from the first film. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna have to wear it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, have, wear it every I, have, day. I have my I will have my picture wearing the cog gun. So oh, uh, you amazing. know, you, you get to do that kind of, of fun stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, does it, it was work? a great experience. It was, does it work? Uh, does it does it flick up? Um, hmm. Is there like a, a button you press? Uh, it goes ping. I I have to say that when I used it, it was fully erect. Fully erect, right? Okay. <laughs> so I didn't try. I didn't. I don't. I don't think I tried to get there. <laughs> I'm surprised no one took that home. You know, maybe 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 he didn't want anyone to steal it, but. Um, that's the kind of thing I would steal from set. Um, and by the way, I also got to I also got to work with Savini in there. I, got, I also uh, it's one of I I don't know it's a cool show to make. I got to work with Danny Trejo with Tom Savini. So cool. Uh, it is fun. It is fun. It, I, I miss that show. It, it was a lot of fun. 
And then um, let's talk about Nightmare Cinema. Um, I just uh, rewatched the episode, the segment that you did in, in Nightmare Cinema, which is the first segment, which is brilliant. My favourite segment in it. And I'm not just saying that because you're. I'm speaking to you right now. It is my favourite segment in Nightmare Cinema. Just how it twists the tropes of a of a normal slasher film, um, but in in such a different way than you expect. Because you've seen, I've seen movies where. There has been a twist on the slasher thing where the 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 guy who plays the, the murderer is the innocent one and the and the people who um um who is chasing aren't but this you do that but then you twist it even more you, you twist it it's basically the titty twister it's so twisted <laughs> <laughs> like and it's like it's it's basically alien spiders um that's that hey, spoilers. sorry like but it's crazy. It's so cool. And like when I was just rewatching, I was like, "This is brilliant." It's so. It's. I and I. I wanted to see more, and I wish that was a standalone movie, where. It too. Yeah. But you know. But you know what? Like, okay, let's talk about it first. But uh, well, yeah, no, yeah. let's talk about this first. But here's the thing. Yeah. I have thought about it as a movie, and I think I already said everything there. No, no, I wish no, 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 I no, wish no. it was a movie, but you okay. Drag, well, let's... you could drag that out for much longer. You could drag that out for at least an hour before the reveal. You could you could make it a straight yeah, but, up no, but no, no, no. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. In order to keep the energy and the pace of something like that that I enjoy so much about this uh, short, uh-huh. um, you would have to throw a twist like that every ten minutes or something, oh, like. Uh... I don't think I don't think because if you do because here's the ah okay let's get into that first I have no okay. fucking clue how how I came up with that shit. <laughs> it's, like, it's so good. It's genuinely like it's so original. Was, An original take on a, on a slasher film is so rare. So I I it. knew I knew the thing is that I'm I'm very bad at making um, short films. I shouldn't be doing saying that because I have <laughs> uh, to keep making them. But uh, uh, I I was like okay instead of trying to come up with the whole story, what if I say I only tell the third act? And then, oh, okay, if you see the third act of Slasher, you'll know where you are because you have seen a thousand Slashers and it's every time the same. And then I was like, okay, but I need another twist. It can't just be that. Um, And one day I was driving and I had the idea, like suddenly, oh, he's the good guy and it's this other thing. And I pulled over and I called my wife and I was like, listen to this. And I told her the story. And she was like, oh, that's fun. And then I called me Garris and I said, I have an idea. And I sit down, I sat down with him and I told him the idea and he loved it. And <laughs> and I basically said, it's like, it's, uh, it's like the thing, but in the woods. And, and nice. like, oh, that's your title. I was like, oh, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but uh, and by the way, this is one that I love a hundred percent. It's it's probably the only thing I'm like super happy with that I have done. There's um, there's no there's no fat on it whatsoever. It's just in and out, and it leaves you wanting more. That's the thing. You're just like, I want to know more. What's going on? What what else? What else is happening? What's the origin of of this meteorite or whatever it is? What else is going on? How does it affect 
people like the other people like how does it manifest a bit later i, I want to see more basically so yeah let's talk about that afterwards yeah. I, I, want, I want to know your ideas sure. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I don't have an idea have, okay. but, but here's the thing like if you think the structure of the short it's like you start in the third act and then it comes to a point when when this character starts telling the background story of what has happened and how they got there um and and that's when we were shooting that's what i would call previously in the thing in the woods (laughs) (laughs) and and but uh, but the thing is that if you make it as a movie you're gonna probably start with that And then yeah, you start yeah. missing the fun because the movie, like the short, uh, has a, a place on structure um, and the tropes that you know, and yeah. it, it also it also has twists and that. So it's like if you make it as a film, you're gonna lose some of that. You're gonna probably go straight forward, and it's not gonna be as much fun. Um, yeah. Unless, huh? Hmm. Oh, I think I just solved it. <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, you can just tell me now, or should we save it for later? No, no, no. Let's talk. Let's talk later, and I'd have time to figure it out. Okay, cool. <laughs> but uh, you know, no, yeah. It's also like obviously it's a love letter to the eighty slasher movies, but also there are definitely um, little nods to Sam Raimi here and there. In obviously the cabin, cabin. Oh, no, 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 not little nods, not little nods. <laughs> it's like when we were in prep. When we were in prep, I was like this shot, like the point of view of the spider i want that yeah. to be like like the shot from evil dead like this shot from evil dead a k and b were doing our special effects and it was howard berger and he was like yeah. oh don't worry we have the guy that built the camera rigs for Raimi back then so oh, he's gonna God. build something for you and and That's he so said good. and he said if if this was a Raimi, he would call this something like the arachnok <laughs> and so that's what we call it. So when we got to shoot that so scene, good. when we got to shoot that scene, it was like bring out the arachnocam. <laughs> I, I, I love that. Like, the arachnocam was really good. And also the, the flashback you did, where you find out, like when he looks to the side out the window, that's very Sam Raimi as well. The, the kind of flashback. And that's yeah, that's that's. I remember I was struggling with my DP. We were like, how do we transition from this scene to that scene? Mm-hmm. And it was literally something like this. And my wife was sitting over there, and she's like, "Why don't you do it in one take?" And I was like, "No, yeah. that's impossible because this is night and that's day." And then I was like. Ah, oh, maybe we can do it. And I love yeah. that kind of shot where where you yeah. have to choreograph the whole thing. So we had like covered, we had covered, so it was dark. And the moment the camera leaves the character and starts moving towards the window, so you remove that, so light comes in. This character uh, starts running and changes clothes. It's like everyone's taking off his clothes. Wow, is that how you did it? All the other people to come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's like so everyone cool. running, switching positions. Yeah, oh, I, I thought there was a hidden uh, cut. It's... You did that in one oh, no, shot. No, 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 no. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, I, I mean, I like, I like that kind of really complex. Where's the cut there? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I know, no, no, but I. No, I, I thought it was I a hidden cut. Like, I thought it was a hidden cut. I mean, we don't have money for that. It's, <laughs> uh, it's. I like that kind of. I love those. There's this uh, there's this thing that you skipped probably because it's just three minutes. But I did the short for 
uh, ABCs of Death 2. Yeah. And there's also a couple of shots there that I loved uh, because it was like a super complex choreograph uh, with everyone running and switching positions. In, in one of the dead, we did one that was like, uh, it was over like a block and a half, like a super complex choreography with uh, motorcycles crashing and a bunch of yeah. zombies and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I do like this kind of shot where you have to, and you know, it's a very cinematic transition, yeah. but it's also really cool to make. Really cool. Oh man, that's so good. Like obviously Mick Garris, he's a he's a legend, and like he's he's he sometimes hints. And I think I think when I had him on this podcast, I asked him about Nightmare Cinema Two if it was going to happen, and I can't remember what he said, but I'm sure he said something like he's trying. Uh, have you heard anything about that? About a Nightmare no, Cinema Two? No, no. I mean, I talk I talk to Mick from time to time, but I don't. I'm I doubt. I mean, not really. I doubt they will call me. So. I, why would you what ring do you the same mean, people? Dad, they'll call you. You, you made uh, the best well, no, segment. No, 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 because I mean, I love them. I, I, yeah, yeah. I love all that group, and I had a blast doing Nightmare Cinema. But if you're doing an anthology and there's a sequel, bring other people. Don't bring the same. True. Uh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I am. Um, but I do want to find out what happened with those spiders. I'm, I'm so curious. Hmm. <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, so um, after Nightmare Cinema, you did an Into the Dark episode. Um, I do. Um, which is called Puka Lives, which I also recently watched. And it's one of those times when the sequel is better than the original. Um, Very good friends with Nacho. Oh, I'm sorry, it, it's true. Uh, the, uh, it's the original true. was Fuck fine. <laughs> Your, yours felt like a, it felt like a standalone movie. Like you, you don't have to have watched the first one. Um, and I just think the characters were just better and um yeah i really 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 liked it and um uh, i know with these into the dark that the budgets aren't always as high as you'd like them to be and there's a time pressure as well um but like loved it what was your experience on on, on puka lives uh it was uh, you know it's one of those things this town this town's crazy <laughs> yeah. yeah i've so been here for I, I've yeah, but I've been here for eight years, and you still don't figure it out. Uh, so I had a project. I had another project that I was gonna do that year, and that was gonna take probably the next two years of my life. And of course, because this is Hollywood, um, it fell apart because that's what happens in this town. Projects fall apart. So yeah. I remember I went to Cuba on vacation, very frustrated because like this had just happened, and I was trying to figure out what was gonna happen next. And the moment I got on the plane to come back, I had an email from um, the producer of Into the Dark. We had met before, like a couple of times, trying to figure out something to do together. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "What's your availability?" And I'm like, "I'm pretty fucking available." And <laughs> and then and then he sent me a, a script. And when I landed uh, when I landed on our stop in Mexico, I had the Puka script, and and I read it on my way to LA. And I met for that, and one week later we were starting prep. Wow! And, and it was like, it was it was super intense. Uh, like it's a sixteen day shoot to shoot a whole movie. Yeah. Uh, how much? How long was it to shoot host? Um, two weeks of principal, and then 
pickups another week or so, and the rest was post. Um, so mm-hmm. not not that long, yeah. but it's it's a different kind of fish. No, it's, 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 I know, and it's a different kind of movie. But I, so yeah, you know. But you know, it's like I had I had done like one of the did uh, had been forty four days. Mm. That's yeah. something that you can't say anymore in these days, unless you're making Mission Impossible. <laughs> if you say forty four days, people just like laughing. And, it just sounds and expensive. So 44 days. And well, it's okay. You know, Latin America, it's not the same prices. Yeah. But uh, but Puka was sixteen, and and you know, I I I loved I love doing it. Uh, I love the energy. I love the speed. But this is something that I also started getting from TV, from doing Dusk. Uh, like when you're working at that at, at that speed, where there's no time to slow down. It's not like you see someone sitting there without doing anything because you're always running. And uh, and I really like that energy and something like Puka. I mean, it's a very complicated movie to shoot in that time because you have fights, you have um, a creature, you need time for makeup, you need, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a lot of really complex. Uh, I'm amazed you did it in that time. Uh, I'm amazed. The one? It's, it's and, and here's the thing, Nacho, Obviously, when I when I got that uh, screenplay, the first thing I did is uh, I talked to Nacho and I said uh, uh, I was sent this, and he's like, "Oh, do it," um, because you know if he if someone's gonna fuck up his stuff, <laughs> better than me. Yeah. And, and 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 that and that's gonna that's started to become like a tradition. So because you know he did uh, the original ABCs of Dead, then yeah. I did ABCs of Dead too. Now he did Puka, I did Puka Lives. So I'm hoping someone wants to do a sequel to Colossal soon. <laughs> yeah, which is an amazing, Colossal. amazing movie. Amazing. Colossal error. Yeah. <laughs> Colossal. I would do Colossal error. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised actually, like with all these kinds uh, of movies. So, but, so he, uh, but but yeah, so so he gave me his blessing, and he also yeah. said to me, and you know, he was he was shooting Puka in LA, and I was very close uh, when he was shooting Puka. He he would show me the designs and all that stuff, oh, and, nice, and the things nice. that he was doing, and I went to his shoot, um, so I was kind of familiar with a bunch of Puka uh, stuff. But he said to me, Puka is hard, like. The actual puka, they, like getting the guy into the puka suit, getting him to move, all of that is difficult. And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, sure." And it was <laughs> so difficult, man. I mean, it's like it's it's not you easy. Had multiple it's, suits as well. You didn't just have that one suit. You had multiple different suits. And had... every suit, every suit had had its own complexity. <laughs> every suit was its own uh, different, uh, complicated thing. Sometimes yeah. it would be like the the original Puka. It's just like very goofy. It's hard to move in that suit. Yeah. Uh, the second one, Animal Puka, that's what we called it. It's mm-hmm. very hot. Like the guy wearing the suit uh, basically had to have like air conditioning pumped into him. Um, oh. And then the last one, uh, it was the same guy. Uh, he was blind. Like he couldn't look. He couldn't see inside that suit. Because once you put on the latex mask and you turn on Puka eyes, that yeah. basically becomes a huge disco ball um, on his head. And <laughs> and we found out the first day when we were shooting. <laughs> so wow. it's like okay, so we had to we had to rehearse blind uh, before we 
when to shoot to actually shoot that uh, those uh, every puka scene. Wow, and I'm like sorry. the um, yeah. it's great, and like the I thought the lead Mal- Malcolm Barrett was was great. Malcolm, like, they are all great. Malcolm, yeah. uh, Felicia, Jonah, uh, yeah, they they are all uh, amazing. Um, it's I got I got them together. Uh, I usually try to get my actors together before we shoot, and I I only had one day with them, but I didn't want to have them all. Um, so so it, because they were supposed to be childhood friends, and I didn't want it to feel like they were just meeting each other for the first time in yeah. the movie. So uh, yeah, I got them together, and we talked a lot about the script and their childhoods and the characters. And then when you see them together in the film, they feel like friends. Yeah, yeah. Then after that, I, I just I just watched your uh, Fifty States of Fright, uh, Destino, which is the Florida. Because um, if for those that don't know about Fifty States of Fright, um, it's it's uh, Sam Raimi's uh, show where he essentially he, he each director has a different state and they make a horror essentially a bunch of shorts um, that all string together into one story because uh, it was on Quibi originally for, for each particular state. And you got a big one. You got Florida. like Oh, I chose Florida. Yeah. I have another project uh, with Sam. Um, and one day I, I got a call from Debbie Liebling, his producer, and, and she's like, are you interested in doing this? And dude, every time I get the question like that, um, like, are you interested in doing this for Sam, or are you yeah. interested in shooting from dust for Robert? <laughs> it's like it's like that's a dumb question. Just tell yeah. me where do I have to show up? <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, I was then I sat down to think and oh I'm well I'm giving away stuff. But the other project I have. With them, it's with Eduardo Sanchez and Greg Hale, which uh, um, are the, the one of the directors and the producer of the Blair Witch Project. And I called Ed and Greg, and I said, hey, uh, let's do this. Uh, and so uh, they came up, we came up with the story, Greg wrote it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to say no to something like that. And by the way, it was one of those things that, at the moment when we started getting into that, we didn't know if I was going to direct it or Ed was going to direct it. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's why why it's found footage, because I guess we assumed... I was going to ask was that. Gonna, I, I guess it was like, okay, if it's you guys, let's make it found footage because it's going to make sense. Mm-hmm. And if Ed d- d- does it, well, it's going to make more sense because he's done a lot of found footage, mm-hmm. obviously. And and then uh, he wasn't available, and I was doing puka, and you know, literally like my last day shooting puka, they picked me up from set and flew me to Vancouver, like straight from set to the plane and mm-hmm. to Vancouver, where Greg had been prepping for me for the first three wow. days. And I arrived in Vancouver, had a day and a half of prep, and then shoot. Uh, that's the life. That's that's great, though. It, but you know, it was, it was, it was amazing uh, because, as I said, Puka was 16 day shoot, and it, it's but it's but it's a, a traditional movie. You have a shot list. 
Yeah. Uh, that, and you go through your day and you have your shot list and all the stuff that you need to do. And what happened with 50 states is that we didn't really understand how Quibi worked. And I don't think anyone did because... <laughs> Nobody, not even Quibi. Quibi doesn't know yeah, so, <laughs> so we we had one script, and it wasn't divided into different um, chapters. Let's call yeah. them chapters. They mm-hmm. called they used to call them Quibis, probably <laughs> thinking that was gonna catch up. <laughs> and, yeah. and then when we when I was there with a Gray, um, they they start talking about like we want to split this into Quibis, and a Gray and I were like. What the fuck does what? that mean? <laughs> <laughs> but then when we realized, uh, uh, Greg said to me, oh, okay, they want to split this, uh, but I think they are splitting it at the wrong point. And he said to me, why don't you make it longer and you split here and here? And, and I was like, how do I make it longer? I mean, you wrote the thing. How do you mean make it longer? And yeah, but it's fun for that. You just like uh, <laughs> let it breathe. And, yeah. uh, and and he kind of like gave me a crash course on found footage. Uh, <laughs> and, he, he and better. Yeah, there's no one better. No one better. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. He was telling me story of how many hundreds of hours they had to edit Blair Witch and all that. And then mm-hmm. what I did is, I, what I did was, I didn't show the character, the actors. I didn't show them the locations. Okay. Um, so they knew what was happening, uh, but they hadn't seen the locations. And I was like, okay, when you walk into this room. Whatever happens, happens. If you find something interesting, comment on it. If you find something that calls your attention, like try to figure out what has happened in that room. Mm-hmm. And, and and which you know, is what they did like, on the Blair Witch project as well, didn't they? That's what Eduardo did on Blair Witch. Yeah, exactly. But well, uh, but like here, I was. Uh, I there's a couple of scares that uh, are in the episode that weren't planned. Like the, when they mm-hmm. went into the final room. The throne, the the throne, the the, the throne of Bonners. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> I love it as I well. Like, I, I was like a, a throne of. I, it was a throne of bones, but I, I was always joking that they didn't understand my English. I was like, I meant a throne of uh, Bonners. <laughs> I'm stuck with this. You know, um, I, love, I love that. They, they they forgot when they walked into that room. They forgot the screenplay. And they were like really scared. And it was like, they were walking into this place and when they find the headless body that they were supposed to find because it wasn't the screenplay, they had forgotten about that. So that's the real scared reaction yeah, and that awesome. they have. Um, and you know, stuff like that. It was really liberating. Yeah. And again, and again that the template that Blair Witch uh, set has is it kind of goes on for years and years because we basically use the rule book for for hosts. It's brilliant that Eduardo is still still doing it. Um, yeah. I just wish he'd answer my calls like that. <laughs> 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 he's, um, he's he's lazy. He's lazy. Stop. <laughs> and, and and also he doesn't have anything interesting to say. I'm trying to talk to him. He's like I'm he's like this really. He, no no no. He's like this really boring Cuban. Unlike me. I'm the fun Cuban. He's the well, boring one. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to get him on. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him for lots of information about you. He'll probably say the same thing about you. He'll be like, uh, Alejandro, oh, yeah. yeah, he's this, he's that. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to talk a lot of shit about me. No. I think he'll be, I think he's in it. Well, fingers crossed he's the next episode after you, but we'll see if he even uh, even picks up the, the Zoom. Yeah, and that kind of brings us to the end. What, what I want to know now, what you can tell us, that is, what's what's next for you 
I don't think I can tell anything because nothing. like nothing, nothing has been announced. I can yeah. say I can say that uh, I have been very busy working in so much stuff that one day I had to write down like every project and who is in it and who's producing and all <laughs> that because uh, well because I was going crazy and mm-hmm. and usually my days consist in working like in two or three things at the same time but you know that's life i know i know a lot of them probably won't happen and a lot of will so you know you never know in this town (laughs) but i don't think i can tell i can tell you that it's gonna be really exciting stuff Um, it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome yeah and yeah i don't know that's it cool well um thank you very much Alejandro, for being on my podcast, Jed Talks, where can people find you should they wish to check you out, see what you're up to, see you arguing uh, with, with Paul Tremblay on the internet? Where, where can they find that? Fucking Tremblay. <laughs> I mean, I'm on Instagram, Abruges, <laughs> A-Bruges, a, 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 my last name, B-R-U-G-U-E-S. Um, I'm on Twitter, Ale Bruges, A-L-E, again, my last name, Bruges. Yeah. But I also, since yesterday, I'm trying to quit social. So it's no. like, uh, I'm not going to be very active. How come? Um, what I'm, uh, just distract me. I, I look at my phone too much. I need yeah. to, I am telling you, I have a bunch of projects. Would you rather have me making movies or looking at Twitter? Andrew, I have like, I have so many. I'll tell you after this anyway. But like Clubhouse is where it's like Clubhouse is going to be the biggest thing for like filmmakers. I'm a, but I'm very, I'm a very bad listener. I'm trying, I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying hard, but I'm a very <laughs> bad listener. I, I start uh, listening to something and, and I'm like, oh, a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get, I get that. My, my attention span is no, very bad as well. But it's interesting. Like, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you afterwards why you should persist with at least clubhouse i think it's cool but yeah thank you so much again for coming oh, thank on you, man. And, uh, everyone who's listening you can find me at jed shepherd on twitter i'm still going to be on my socials uh, j-e-d-s-h-e-p-h-e-i-d same on instagram check out clubhouse clubhouse of horror every thursday at 4 p.m la time midnight in the united kingdom because i'm a night owl and i'll see you again next week thanks alejandro thank you bye-bye so that was the podcast. It kind of sounded like I recorded it on a Nokia 3210 or that a thousand bees flew into my mouth the moment I pressed record and uh, made honeycomb in there. But yeah, thank you for being patient and thank you for not switching off. I really appreciate it. And uh, next week, have a really good episode. Next week, I'm doing a horror summit. I have some amazing people from the horror world on that summit and we discuss the hottest topics in horror. It will be kind of controversial, I think, so do tune in. Also, Eduardo Sanchez, his episode is in the bag, so the next week will be Eduardo Sanchez. So first up, the Horror Summit, then Eduardo Sanchez the week after, and a whole host of amazing guests after that. Thank you for coming to my Jed Talks, and I'll see you next time.